Episode 71 of the Online Chicken School Podcast. Today we're exploring why a hen stops laying eggs and does Facebook's livestock ban promote cruelty to chickens? It's time for the Online Chicken School Podcast. Whether you've been keeping chickens for years or you're just fixing to get started, we'll help you get your schooling. And now, here's the chicken tenders, Don and Susie. Hello, I'm Don, the big chicken tender. And I'm Susie, the little chicken tender. If you're interested in backyard chickens, you're in the right place. It doesn't matter if you have a whole lot of chickens out in the country or just a few somewhere in the city. This is where we share our knowledge, experience, and opinions to help you get the most out of your backyard flock. Well, I don't know how many people noticed, other than one of our good listeners, but the new online chicken school website is live. Yes, it is. And this is a very different website than the one we've had up for the last three and a half years since we started the show. Whereas the old one was just kind of something to get us going. This one is very graphical. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I mean, I'm no web developer like you are, but I tell you, I like it. Everything except one thing on the website. Oh, what's that? Oh, I think you know. My picture. (laughs) I just never like pictures of myself. Like, you think we could just do the whole website and just kind of keep me out of it? (laughs) Yeah, well, that's just not going to work. You're already up there and you're going to stay there. But... I do have to say, you're looking pretty nice in your cowgirl boots. Yeah, well, if you guys would like to see it, it is at onlinechickenschool.com. And I'll tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag you up a little bit. It's it's pretty unique. How long have I been working on this one? This this thing has been going on for probably six months or more that oh, I've been doing least, it on the weekend. at least, yeah. Yeah, so go take a look at it. And if you think it looks pretty cool, then let us know. Another exciting thing happened this week, and we had a batch of chicks hatch. If you follow us on Facebook, you'll have seen some videos and pictures of our cute little peepers. And uh, we've sold all but, I think, seven of them in the first couple days. So if anybody's near us here in Florida, you want some bard rock chicks, (laughs) we still have some. (laughs) It always amazes me, though, how fast those little buggers go. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had batches where we've had maybe 50 chicks at a time and they'll always be gone like within a week it just amazes me how fast they go and i'm always the nervous nelly uh that's kind of like the story of my life where they hatch and then i go what if nobody buys them (laughs) i'll raise them (laughs) yeah i know don's always like don't worry about it i could always raise some more chickens i'm like no i don't want to raise any more chickens i want (laughs) to sell these so uh, we've had actually a couple people from our class that have uh, been interested and two that came and got some. So that's exciting. Now, one thing that was different about this hatching is that it was a really low hatch rate. And I don't know why. It's really baffled me. We um, usually with our last batch of breeders, we were up to 80, 85 percent hatch rate. And this time, the Bard Rocks, we had 48%, and the Gold Laces were only at 11 Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with those Gold Laces. That is a really, really low hatch rate. The 50% for the Bard Rocks, that's not great, but it's not 
unheard of. You know, 50% is not unusual. And it seems to me like it's always based on the birds that we have. In the past, we've had uh, our our last gold laces had about an 85% hatch rate. But at the same time, we had other birds that had a 50% hatch rate that was normal for them. And we always kept the eggs the same. They were treated the same, stored the same, incubated right next to each other. So all those factors you can sort of take out of the equation, it just seems to boil down to those birds. So the barred rocks thing doesn't worry me, but those new gold laces, yeah, that's a very low hatch rate. Yeah. So if it's really the birds, I'm not all that happy uh, well, with this set of gold laces because 10% or 11% hatch rate, that, that's, that's not good. Yeah, but it gives us another problem to try and solve. Oh, I love Solving problems. Okay, well, speaking of gold laces, you had a funny incident happen while you were out feeding and watering the chickens this week. You have to tell that story. Yeah, I let the barred rocks out because, I don't know, don't tell them, but they're kind of my favorites. (laughs) So I tend to show them a little bit of favoritism. So even when I'm just walking around the yard in the evening when it's only an hour before they're going to go to bed... I still like to let them out to run around over the other ones. Does that make me a bad chicken mom? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it probably does. I'm all right with that. <laughs> so they were out running around and then I was filling the food and water and moving the coops of the other groups. And I opened the door to the gold lace coop and the roosters in the run, two of the girls were in the run, but one of the hens must have heard me coming and she was standing right by that door And I opened that door and she came flying out. (laughs) She's like, I'm free. Prison break. Yes. And of course, all she wanted to do was eat some different kind of grass or something. Just, you know, get away from the other girls and and the rambunctious boy in there. And I'll tell you, it was not three seconds after she got out of that coop. Our big old bard rock, the rock saw her and ran across the yard, or maybe I should say waddle because he's so big. He had his eye on her and yeah, he he wanted her pretty bad. Well, he is a big boy. So when he gets running, it's always funny just to watch because it's like, dum, 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 dum. <laughs> oh, it was great. Well, he chased her around that coop, I would say a good four times. And I'm not going to get in the middle of it because, you know, first it was hilarious. <laughs> and second, I, I just don't like, you know, trying to get in front of a rooster. I don't know if he's going to come after me then. Well, it's funny is I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what was going through her brain when you open the door and it's like freedom. And it's like, oh, nuts. This is not what I was looking for. <laughs> well, because the rooster in the gold lace coop is not huge. She has never seen a male this big that close. I mean, it was like, what is that? Why am I being chased down by a turkey? I know. So he chased her around that coop like four times. Now she is much lighter. So she was a little faster. And then she got very, very smart. And I had the golf cart parked right next to the coop. And she squeezed herself underneath that golf cart. And she stayed there because <laughs> there ain't no way the rock is fitting under the golf cart. That's funny. So I was able to, after The Rock decided she wasn't coming out anymore uh, and he wouldn't have his way with her, I kind of leaned down and pulled her out and threw her back in the coop. And I'll tell you, she was pretty happy to get back in there. Well, by the way, his official name is not The Rock. 
Yeah, what is it? It's Dwayne Johnson. Well, yeah, but I call him The Rock. <laughs> it's shorter. Well, it's probably why he didn't listen to you. He's like, I don't know who she's talking to, but she's not talking to me. I don't know. Um, would you want to be called Dwayne or would you want to be called The Rock as a guy? Come on. Well, gee, you can look at his namesake's example. He was Dwayne. He grew up Dwayne. He became The Rock. And then he went back to Dwayne. I don't know. He just wanted to be taken more seriously as an actor. I get that. But The Rock is still a cooler name. All right. Well, before we get to our first listener question for today, we should probably mention that this weekend is Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. And for us, this brings up one of our little pet peeves that I think maybe we need to talk about. I think we have to do this every year. It's just a nice public service announcement. Yes, and we'll keep it nice and short like a public service announcement. I don't think we need to turn this into an after-school special. So here it goes. If you're thinking of buying your kids some little baby chicks as toys for Easter this year, here's a little tip. Don't. Yes, don't. Please, please. Friends don't let friends buy Easter chicks. <laughs> and parents don't buy them for their kids if they're not interested. And please understand the spirit in which we're saying this. If you have been listening to the podcast for a while and you've been thinking about getting chickens and you're going to love them and raise them and it just so happens Easter's here and you thought, hey, maybe this is a good time to get started. We're not talking to you. We're talking to that person who says, oh, baby chicks, those are a cute little toy that you can get for your kids and they'll last for a couple of weeks and then we'll just figure out how to get rid of them. Just don't do that. Okay. Of course, I seriously doubt our listeners are going to be the people who do this type of thing, but I'm sure you probably bump into people in your everyday life who are those kind of people. And maybe you can just smack them around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Smack them out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think our listeners are the ones that will help to educate other people. You know, so if their friends say, oh, I thought of a really cute idea getting chickens. You know, you have chickens. I thought I'd get chickens for my kids. You know, you can kind of go, why don't you sit on this a little bit? Why don't you wait till after Easter? See if you're still excited about it, you know, because our good listeners, they they want to help the chicken community. Okay, thus endeth the lesson. Let's move on. Well, you asked for it. Here it is. Hi, well, we received a question on Facebook from Ahmad in Michigan. And Ahmad says, I have a two and a half year old hen that hasn't laid any eggs whatsoever in nine months. Wow. She was molting, but finished the molt over seven months ago. She's healthy, happy, and nothing's wrong with her as far as I can see. I know she's the one who's not laying because she's a cream leg bar and she's the only blue egg layer I have. See, now that's the problem laying a different color egg than everybody else, because when you stop doing your job, everybody knows about it. I'll tell you, the pressure's on. And so Ahmad wants to know, as a hen gets older, basically does their production gradually slow down, or do they just hit a wall and then stop completely? Well, thank you for that question, Ahmad. I'm not happy that your hen hasn't laid in nine months, but I am kind of happy that it gives us an opportunity to talk about this. There are all different kinds of chicken keepers out there, and they all have different attitudes about egg laying. So 
Like, let's say one extreme is the chicken keeper who would be a good supervisor in like a Japanese automobile factory. They're <laughs> all about efficiency and production. In Japanese, that personality style is pronounced Suzy. <laughs> if you have a spreadsheet that calculates how many eggs you get in relation to how much feed your birds are eating, you're like this type person we're talking about. Suzy. So at the other end of the extreme is that chicken keeper who sort of has a hippie spirit about them. Hey, man. You know, they're all about the zen of egg laying. Mm-hmm. They have this very relaxed attitude about how many eggs their chicken lays. Or the word for it in Japanese is suzi no. Yeah, totally not me. So when a chicken stops laying, you might hear them say something along the lines of, when the hen believes I'm ready for an egg, she will provide one. And the reason we bring this up is that if you fall into that second like hippie category, you might notice a hen stops laying and you're just you're just kind of cool about it. You're you're fine with it. Well, like I'm a really sensitive guy and the last thing I want is for my hens to think that all I care about is egg production. I'm more complex than that. <laughs> you think that's what she's going to think? Well, like, I just don't want to put that vibe out there because chicken keeping is all about good vibes. Well, if a hen stops laying, you really should find out why, because it could be a symptom of something in your flock that you really need to correct right away. So if you encounter this in your flock, you can still be like, all chill about it. It's cool, ladies. It's all fine. <laughs> but you're going to want to find out why. And there actually are quite a few reasons a hen might stop laying. Uh, enough reasons that I can't always remember them all off the top of my head. And so a little while ago, I made myself a handy dandy little checklist. And on the rare occasion that one of our hens stops laying, I can just pull this list out and go through one by one evaluating, does this apply to this hen's situation? And it helps me figure out what's going on. See, you say I'm the weirdo with my checklists and spreadsheets, but you're a little nerdy too. Well, that is a little bit true, but the difference is you have a checklist for everything because you are just OCD about everything that happens around you. Me, I'm a pilot and I always have my head in the clouds. So in order to keep me on task, I know that there are situations where I need a checklist so that I don't forget something really important. Oh, checklists are cool for you, but uh, OCD for me? See, I know you'd understand. Everything's cooler when you put pilot on it, huh? Hey, listen, I wish it wasn't that way, but you know, it, it is what it is. But getting back to a mod situation, we already know that many of these 12 things don't apply to his situation, but I thought it would maybe be useful for us to go through the entire checklist of 12 items and sort of explain what ones we think apply and what ones we don't think apply. Therefore, people get an idea of what our process is in this situation, and it would be easier for them to walk through that when they face this someday. Absolutely. The first one is diet. So we're talking about food and water. You're going to want to make sure your hen is actually eating, that she's not getting bullied, that she's not uh, being kept away from the food and water. Now, this is one that I asked Ahmad about, and he said, nope, he's observed them. She's getting plenty of food and water. So check, this is not one of the problems. Okay, the second thing to look at is daylight. In the fall, 
The amount of daylight we get every day decreases steadily until the chickens get to the place where their egg production either slows down or stops completely. And causes some of us to have to embarrassingly go to the store and buy eggs. You just won't get over that, will you? I'm, I'm still a little bitter. Okay, well, while you try and get over that, I'll point out that I doubt that Ahmad is dealing with a daylight hours situation because, first of all, it's not fall, it's springtime, and we're getting more light every day. But I actually took the time to go look up how many hours of daylight they're getting in Michigan, and today they're getting 13 hours and 9 minutes. That should be plenty of daylight you know, you hear the number 14 hours thrown around as a minimum, but keep in mind when you look up the amount of daylight charts, that's sunrise to sunset, and that doesn't count the twilight hours. You know, you get about an hour extra on each end where the sun isn't really up, but you are getting light. So I really doubt this is the situation. You should be getting plenty of light for them to be laying now. Well, Ahmad did mention a molt, and molting is another reason that a hen stops laying. It's the process that happens once a year, or in the case of one of the hens we had, four times a year. And it's when a hen takes about oh, two months or so off from egg laying, and it gives her body a chance to rest. She loses a lot of her feathers, gets all fresh new feathers in. And some hens can go a bit longer than two months, but... I don't know, the nine months is pretty extreme for a molt. And uh, he said she did go through it um, and was over it seven months ago. So again, I doubt this is what's happening with her. Okay, the next thing on the list is the temperature. We don't talk about this one a lot because it's not really an issue here in Florida. Um, if you get really low temperatures, hens can start to slow down. And then in extreme cases, they may just stop laying. They say you want to try and keep the coop area... 55 degrees or warmer if you can. It's not a life-threatening thing if you don't. They can handle much colder temperatures. But it may affect your egg production a little bit. But again, we're at the second week in April. I really doubt it's below 55 degrees, even in Michigan. Now, broodiness is next on the list. It's when a hen decides she wants to be a mama and start hatching out her eggs. So she actually stops laying them and sits on the ones that are already there. But I think you would have noticed a, a stockpile of eggs that she's sitting on and uh, her getting mad if you uh, kind of look under her tush. <laughs> yeah, people always say, how can I tell if my hen's broody? It's like, she will let you know. Oh, she will give you a look and a growl and sometimes she'll peck at you, but it will not be hidden. Number six on our checklist is disease. And, you know, anytime a hen becomes unhealthy for any reason, there's a good chance that she'll stop laying in an effort to conserve resources in her body and, like, divert those resources to help her become healthy again. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean if your hen stops laying for two days, I would run to the vet and start having them take blood work and run it for every kind of disease. But you can sort of tell when your hens don't look healthy. Right. So if you're not getting eggs, I would maybe just spend a little bit of time observing them a little more carefully, check, make sure they don't have any of the normal symptoms. You know, they aren't lethargic. They're not weak. They're not underweight. They don't have runny noses and watery eyes. Just check for those things. Look for other symptoms and make sure that none of those are popping up. All right. Number seven is parasites. When parasites get to the point where they're robbing enough nutrition from your hen, 
she may stop laying. You know, you get fleas on a chicken. It is sucking its blood. So, you know, it can only take that for so long <laughs> before its body finally says, all right, something's got to give. And egg production's usually at the top of that list. So you got your mites, your lice, your fleas uh, as your external parasites. But then you also have to look at internal parasites like worms. As we were communicating back and forth with Ahmad, he did check for external parasites, said she didn't have any um, that he could see, but she had had worms and he did the course of treatment for that. And she's all cleared up now and has been for about four months. All right. So the next thing we take a look at is stress. And I tell you, this can be a really big category. There are a lot of things that cause stress in a chicken. Like they didn't get enough in their paycheck that week and they're really worried about, you know, making the bills. Yeah. Or they're coming up on a balloon payment on their coop mortgage. Yeah. That would stress me out if I was a chicken. <laughs> but stress is usually tied to an incident or a momentary situation you know, maybe you moved them to a new coop or you just introduced a new bird to the flock. You know, it's something that happens and then it's done. They stop laying for just a bit and then they're back to it. For a hen to stop laying for nine months, that would have to be a serious ongoing stress. Yeah, and I'm sure you probably would have noticed that. I would think so, yes. Well, number nine is predators. And I'm not talking about like coyotes. I'm talking more about little critters like mice and rats and snakes that will actually steal the eggs before you collect them. I always hate thinking about snakes in the coop. We've never had it that we know of. Oh, that we know of. But you, you just don't like the thought of it. I don't. And you know, when Gordo and Max see me walking in the backyard towards the coops, uh, they know I'm going to collect eggs. And I'll tell you, they can sniff out if a chicken has an egg in the coop, I always know if I'm going to find some because they'll be standing with their nose pressed to the side of the coop. So I have a feeling if there is a snake in there or a rat, um, we're going to know that pretty quickly. Well, if the dogs don't let you know, you'll find out pretty quickly when you pull something out that isn't an egg. And you'll know inside the house because I'll scream so loud you'll be able to hear me. Wow. Not only is this egg furry, but it won't stop wiggling around. Oh God, you're creeping me out. Stop. <laughs> Um, I doubt this is a mod's case because they wouldn't only steal the blue eggs unless they just, you know, really thought those ones were the pretty eggs and they went, I like these and not the brown ones. Now that I've had a taste for blue eggs, I am never going back to brown eggs. I may be a scavenger, but I still have standards. That's right. <laughs> okay, the next one is very similar to predators, except that this threat comes from inside the coop. And this is egg eaters. Once one of your chickens realizes that eggs are really, really tasty, you can have a problem on your hands as they start scarfing them all up. And depending on how many they're eating, it can start to look like some or all of your hens are not laying. Now, what I've noticed when we've had an egg eater is that they will leave a little bit of the egg remnants behind. They'll eat all the juicy goodness on the inside, but they'll usually leave like a little bit of the membrane or the eggshell. So you'll kind of notice that, I think. That's true. But also, just like the rats and the mice and the snakes, I think it would be pretty unusual that they would only target blue eggs and not any of the brown ones. Maybe, but I seriously doubt it. 
Or maybe this is some kind of conspiracy where the hens got together and said, you know what? I think it's time we got Louise out of here. I'm tired of her attitude. <laughs> yeah. What's a way we can get her out of this coop? <laughs> well, you just reminded me of something funny because I remember in our emails back and forth with Ahmad, I think he said she's the number three hen in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was funny because most people know who the head hen is and they pretty much know who the last hen on the list is. But I don't know too many people who actually know that's number one, that's number two, that's number three, that's number four. I think that's a good sign because it tells me that Ahmad spends a good amount of time paying attention to his chickens. Yeah, because he's got nine. So, yeah. All right. Number 11 is very timely for the holiday coming up. It's the Easter egg hunt. If your hen's free range, uh, sometimes a hen will go rogue and decide that she found a better spot to hide her eggs, and she's going to send you on an Easter egg hunt. But she's hoping you don't find them. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you are hoping to find them so that things like rats and snakes and other predators don't discover her little hiding place and then creep closer to the coop to find more. Okay, so that brings us to number 12 on the checklist. And unfortunately, if none of the other things apply... That pretty much leaves us with age. Ugh, we girls don't like to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, two and a half is a tough time for all women. I'll tell you, you know, they say, what, a year is seven years in dogs? How many is it in, in chickens, really? I mean, she could be middle age. Well, at two and a half, she's not exactly an old chicken. Two and a half does put them sort of at the end of their prime egg-laying years. So it wouldn't be unusual at all to see her egg production start to slow down a little bit. Right, and Ahmad had asked if it was normal for a hen to just stop laying completely. And it's not. I mean, usually a hen's production will gradually decrease from year to year. And it would be pretty unusual if the hen just stops at two and a half years old. I don't know. It's really the only answer we have. And we've always said that every chicken's an individual. So maybe she hit her two and a half year birthday and just went... That's it. Right. There's a difference between unusual and impossible. And while that isn't the norm, that doesn't mean that it's never happened before and won't happen again. Well, Ahmad, I really hope she starts laying again because you must really miss those blue eggs, even if for nothing else but the color. <laughs> um, so, again, we hope she lays again. We hope she lays again soon. But from the messages we sent back and forth to you, doesn't seem like you're all that broken up about it and you're going to love her even if she never gives you another egg. All right, well, we got a review on iTunes from Gary8497. And Gary says, My wife and I recently purchased three hens and have been listening to all your episodes. Great podcast and very informative. Thank you so much for that nice review, Gary. We really do appreciate reviews. So if anybody else uh, is on iTunes and wants to give us a five-star rating with a nice little uh, shout out, we'd appreciate it. Okay, before we get to our last topic of the day, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping on Amazon this week, consider going to our website first at onlinechickenschool.com and click on the Amazon link over there. It's going to take you to the same Amazon site that you know and love. You're going to pay the exact same price for the things you buy, but Amazon will give us a little bit of a commission, and this would help us pay some of the podcasting bills. So if you like the show and you want to help us keep it up, just go to onlinechickenschool.com 
and click on the Amazon link to make all your Amazon purchases. Some of you do this on a regular basis and you're pretty great people. I tell you, the new website makes it a lot easier to find this link too. So everybody check it out. There they go again, more shameless self-promotion. So today we're going to talk about Facebook and I know some people don't have Facebook accounts and you know, I totally understand that there's days when I wish I didn't have a Facebook account either. Um, but I think even if you don't have an account, this really is a bigger issue that really affects and is going to affect a lot of people. And by the way, if our folks are listening, when we say Facebook, that's just an abbreviated way of saying the Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just don't want them to get confused. All right. Well, when the last batch of chicks hatched last week, I do what I always do. I post them for sale on Craigslist and Facebook, and I started getting a bunch of kickbacks. I mean, I post in about 19 different local groups here, and that's, I would say Facebook has overtaken Craigslist in where we get most of our sales from. How long does that take you to post 19 ads? It takes forever. It always says on there, like, post to more places with just one click. And I've done that a couple times, and I've never had any responses. And then I'll delete all of them, and I'll do them fresh from each group. And then all of a sudden, I get a bunch of responses. So I think the posting to multiple groups in one thing doesn't work. It takes about a good half hour, 45 minutes to post them all. Wow. You're welcome. So you take the time to post this ad to 19 different groups individually, and then all of a sudden they all start bouncing back with a message that says, you can't list animals for sale on Facebook. You must have been in a really good mood. Oh, it ticked me off, seriously. It's like, are you kidding me? Now, you always know when you first signed up with Facebook, they always had the read the terms of use, and sometimes I'll be bored enough to actually read some of those things. And I do remember there were things that you weren't supposed to be selling on Facebook um, that you agreed to, like no firearms, no animals, but they never enforced it. Well, and you say that, but most of these groups are farming groups. Right. Homesteading groups. Animal groups for animal sales. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when you look at the posts that people put on there, probably 75% of them are listings for... Not pets for sale, but livestock for sale. Oh, yeah. You got goats and cows. You know, all the 4-H kids after the fair are trying to sell their animals, bunnies, everything. Ducks. Yeah. I mean, it's not... Hedgehogs. It's not a bunch of puppy mills on there. I mean, the majority, I would say 98%, are just farm animals. But you've been posting our chicks for sale on these Facebook groups for four years or more. So while I believe it has been the policy all along, I've never seen it enforced before. And I guess when I was posting mine, um, it, it must have been like within the last week or two that this has happened because you started seeing on Facebook everywhere people that were outraged at this. I mean, it didn't take long before people were like, hey, I've been doing this a while. I'm a, a reputable breeder. You know, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm getting penalized here. I mean, it was, boy, it, it spread like wildfire. Okay, so why would Facebook do this? Uh, we're not going to get in a place where we're going to start bashing Facebook and try and create some evil intention that they have. I believe they have very good intentions. They want to make sure that Facebook doesn't get used to promote practices 
that basically endanger animals or promote cruelty to animals, but to go case by case and try and decide line by line, this is acceptable, this isn't in every conceivable situation, well, that's just unmanageable. So it's just easier to say, we don't allow postings that list animals for sale, period. And honestly, I always thought they made a distinction between livestock and pets. But I guess that's not the case. All right, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer here and say, we are chicken lovers. We are not policymakers. <laughs> okay, this is just our opinion. This is not meant to have someone jump on some kind of crusade. We are just going to kind of throw some information out there and what you do with it, it's up to you. Right. And we are not equipped to sort of make the argument for dogs, cats, horses, cows, pigs, goats, sheep. But we do think that when it comes to chickens, this livestock ban may actually be counterproductive. Well, we just think that as far as chickens are concerned, this kind of blanket policy from Facebook about not selling any animals, I think it actually creates more abuses than it's hoping to solve. For one thing, we think it'll present an obstacle for people who are looking to get into chicken keeping. So many people use Facebook to find everything they're looking for. And if you don't allow responsible local breeders and farmers to advertise what they have, you're going to end up with more than a few people who think, you know, I'd like to get into chicken keeping, but they start doing some searches on Facebook and they can't find anything. And they may think, well, you know, there's nobody around here that does breed chickens. There are no local farmers because they can't find them on Facebook. And then that's where it ends for them. Right. So the result of that, I think, is less people becoming backyard chicken keepers. So those people that would be getting nice fresh eggs out of the backyard from their own chickens are going to continue to buy chickens from the store from hens that live their entire life in battery cages. Right. You're either going to get your eggs from Big Egg, where they're kept in little battery cages, six hens to a cage, each having less than the size of a sheet of paper of room, or you're going to get your eggs from hens that lived in a backyard environment. They got plenty of space. They have room. They have fresh air. They have fresh grass and bugs to eat all the time. They have time to play and be a chicken and just enjoy life. And if you cause fewer people to go into backyard chicken keeping, that means you're maintaining the demand for the chickens that are raised in factories. The second thing is you're going to have another group of people that, while they're not deterred from starting a backyard flock, without your local breeders and farmers being allowed to list what they have available, that group of people is never going to know that local is an option for sourcing your baby chicks. If you do a Google search on baby chicks, do you think our little farm website comes up? Or do you think the websites for all the big internet hatcheries comes up first? Okay, so why is that a big deal in terms of how animals are treated? You know, if you come to a little local breeder like us or a farmer, most of the time they don't even pretend that they sex the chicks for you. So you're going to end up with a straight run of chicks, which means you get a mix of male and females. You don't know which are which, and you won't know for about six to eight weeks. And then once you find out you have males, and assuming you don't want males, 
what you're going to do is raise them a little bit longer. And sometime before they start crowing, you put them on Craigslist. Some local family, often a low income family, will come out and pick them up and they'll go home and turn them into dinner. Well, if you think that's cruel, you know, the alternative, I think, is even worse. If you're ordering from an online hatchery, I mean, it's a business. They're not going to raise a bunch of males and because they don't need them. People want females a lot more than males. So when they're in the process of sexing the chicks, they go, that's a female, a female, female, male. They throw it down the chute and it goes into a grinder. And I know that sounds horrible and it kind of is. They do say that it's the quickest way to kill the bird, but that chicken never got to be a chicken. You right. know, it, it's only a fault as it was hatched a male. And when you go to the local farmer, any of the males you get have weeks and weeks and weeks to actually be a chicken. They have time to have some sort of life before they meet an end, which actually serves a decent purpose. Right. Now, we have ordered birds from the internet hatcheries before, and I'm sure we will again. But whenever we're looking for new birds, we always look locally first. We always look for the local breeders and farmers. But if they aren't allowed to advertise what they have available and what they do, there's a large group of people that are never going to even know they're an option. And the only place they're going to find is the large internet hatcheries. And if your stated purpose behind the policy is to make life better for all animals, it doesn't work in this case because you are causing fewer birds to be raised in the backyard environment where they are cared for as a pet. They have a time to be a chicken and then they meet a useful end and you're causing more chickens to be raised in an environment where the males are just thrown in the garbage. They just didn't have a purpose for their life. They, they existed for a very short time with no purpose. And to me, I find that very sad. Yes, absolutely. Okay, the, the last reason we think this isn't good for chickens is that Facebook is one of the few social media platforms that you can sell something, but you really can't be anonymous. Yeah, it's not anonymous. You, you have both sellers and buyers that are going to develop a reputation. Whenever I go to buy something from someone, even if it's just, you know, a piece of jewelry or some shoes or whatever I see on there, I always look at the person who's selling it. I look at their profile. I look at the pictures they post. I, you know, because there have been a couple people where I go, you know what? I don't think I want to go meet this person. Because some of their posts kind of scare me <laughs> or they right. look a little shady, you know. Um, so it actually helps me as a buyer um, to kind of say, eh, I got an oogie vibe about this. Yes. And it works on the flip side of that, too, because as the seller, if you care about where the baby chicks are going, the fact that Facebook is not anonymous gives you a tool to sort of Get a little peek at the people who are asking to buy something from you. You know, they say, I want to buy some baby chicks from you. But you take a quick look on their profile and you look at some of the pictures on there. And, you know, the animals you got now don't look that well cared for. Or, you know, you read things on their posts that are kind of disturbing. You know, you get on there and they've got a bunch of uh, pro cockfighting uh, images. Well, that would be a real warning there that, hey, I don't really want to sell anything to you. But if you have the ability to be anonymous and I can't sort of take a peek into your world like that, 
you've just taken away a major tool for me to be able to be judicious about who we sell to. Right. And that was one of the reasons I preferred posting on Facebook more than Craigslist. Because Craigslist, all you get is a phone call or a text and you're like, I, I don't know this person. I don't even really know their name. You know, they could have some weird email address. So I liked that you could have them see us, they could research us, and that we could find out information about them. Well, and you were posting these in farm and livestock groups and you know, those groups become like little closed communities that sort of regulate themselves. You can get a reputation as a buyer or a seller that other people know, and maybe the person who responds to your Facebook ad doesn't see it. But we've seen posts before where somebody posts something and then other people in the group will get on and say, yeah, be careful of this person. You know, we've had issues in the past. So a lot of times, a lot of those people are already weeded out for you. They'll ban them from the group. Yeah, and the ones that are run well, it's a self-regulated community. Man, can you imagine having to have that job, though? Oh, gosh. That person has got to be uh, one of the most hated persons around, you know, could you imagine? Yeah, they wouldn't work for me. I hate giving people bad news. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you're banned. <laughs> So basically what we're saying with these three things on our list is we get that Facebook is trying to take away a tool that can be abused to create a worse life for animals, but you're also taking away a set of tools that good people use in order to make sure animals get where they're supposed to go so they can have a better life. Isn't that always the way? You know that old saying, one bad apple barks up the wrong neck of the tree. I don't think that's right. Well, and sort of switching out of the chicken mode here, you know, with those three ideas were specifically related to chickens. But taking a step back for a little bit, you had an idea, you know, where you're talking about, we have this phenomenon in this country where people buy dogs on a whim. You know, they go to the puppy store, they sit there and they, you know, they play with the puppy for 10 minutes they fall in love with it. They got to have it. They take it home. Six months later, they can't believe how big the thing got, or they're just not as interested in it as they were when they got it. Yeah, I, I got this great day, and I just didn't realize it was going to get big. The cashier in your store never said anything about Great Danes getting big. How am I supposed to know that? And I live in a studio apartment, and it's kind of kicking me out of bed every night. I told the girl I was getting this as a purse dog, and sure, she laughed, but I didn't think it was because it was a stupid idea. I thought she was just trying to be cute. <laughs> but anyway, the thought is, you know, we don't want people to just keep buying animals willy nilly because they're cute at the pet store. And then they turn around and put them on Facebook to get rid of them because they got tired of them. So the way we solve that problem is we'll take away their ability to get rid of them. And because we're all super thinkers people won't actually buy these pets anymore knowing that they can't get rid of them easy on Facebook. Right, but do you really think that this is going to actually stop people from buying animals? No, I don't. No. I mean, what happens now when you can't rehome that dog you discovered you can't take care of? I mean, how many times have you seen... I lost my job. I can't afford them anymore. I've got to move. I'm moving someplace where I can't have animals. I mean, it's breaking that person's heart most of the time. What, what if you don't have an outlet to get rid of it? What's going to happen to that animal? Well, let's take a look at our dogs. We have three and two of them we got through Facebook. All right, let's start with Sadie, our little sweet little lover girl. 
Um, we found her on Facebook. She was actually up in Lakeland and she was owned by, let's say, two little kids. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. I mean, they were probably 18 and 19, maybe a little boy and girl. They just moved in together. They're, you know, living in their trailer in Lakeland and they got this cute little puppy and the puppy started having some medical issues and they went, oh, we can't afford this thing. We got to get rid of this. And did you know this thing like eats every day? They didn't tell us that at the pet shop. Every day this thing eats. Well. And poops. Well, poor Sadie had mange, really bad case of mange. Um, before we had got her, she had tested positive for Parvo. The poor little thing had gone through so much in her short little life so far. I felt so bad because they even said, they go, well, and you know, we both work full time. So she stays in a crate in our trailer for pretty much all day and most of the night. At no point did they say to themselves, we shouldn't do this because what if it gets too big? What if it gets whatever? What if we can't sell it on Facebook? All they were thinking is, I want this right now. And next thing you know, they got a puppy in their trailer. And, you know, 18, 19 years old, you don't think about, wow, how heartworm costs this much a month, flea treatments this much a month, food is this much, plus vaccines. But, you know, I mean, it really adds up. And they're 18, 19 years old. Neither one of them were attorneys in a major law firm in Lakeland. No, no. They definitely did not have the money to support this animal. And they found out after they already got her. And then she started having some problems and they couldn't afford her. So... If they didn't have Facebook as an outlet, what would have happened to her? Well, I can tell you, she would have ended up at the pound. Well, that would be the best case scenario. How many times have we seen where people drive out here to the country and just dump dogs because they're afraid of getting in trouble or they don't want to hear it from the people at the pound? It's just easier to go take them for a drive, let them loose, and oh, I hope they do okay. They're not going to do okay. They have a very grim, short future ahead of them as a dog running around loose in the country. Remember, we found this one scared little dog running around one weekend, and the neighbor and I went and kind of cornered her and managed to get a hold of her. That took like an hour and a half because she didn't trust anybody. You know, he was going to take care of her overnight and then take her to the pound, but he fell in love with her overnight, ended up keeping her, and now she's Daisy. And that's his dog, and he loves her to death. Well, thankfully, because, you know, you have a pet like that that's used to being in your house or around your family, your kids, and then you just throw her in the middle of nowhere where she has no idea where she is. I mean, that dog was scared to death. Yeah. I, I just find that is the ultimate in cruelty as well. I just shudder to think what would have happened to Sadie if those two teenagers had not been able to list Sadie on Facebook and just said, well, let's just cut her loose. I mean, we, you know, I hate to think what would happen. Now, I also want to talk about Max. I don't think this one takes as long to tell, but, you know, Max was a different story. He was owned by a single woman. She was not old. She was not young. She was somewhere in the middle, but she loved that dog like crazy. And then one day, unexpectedly, she just died. Yeah. And her family just didn't have an ability or desire, I don't know which, to take in her dog. So they posted on Facebook what had happened and said they were trying to find a good home for him. And fortunately, Susie saw that ad. 
And I got to tell you, I I know he had a loving family with her, but this is where he was meant to be, just like Sadie. I mean, he has found his purpose in being on this farm, protecting uh, the chickens and protecting us. I'll tell you, I... It's such a better outcome than him ending up in the pound. And because he looks a little more fierce and because he was full grown, he probably wouldn't have gotten adopted. Yeah, where with Sadie, your only worry is that they would have taken her to the pound and not dump her in the woods. Because if she got to the pound, she would have been fine. Somebody would have adopted her. But Max looks intimidating and either... He would have been in the pound long enough without being adopted that he would have timed out and then, you know, they would have sent him to a kill shelter. Or what would have happened is he would have been adopted by somebody who wanted him for the wrong reason. They weren't adopting him for his big heart and his amazing German work ethic. They would have been adopting him for something that fit more his intimidating looks. Yeah, they wouldn't have wanted him as a nice, sweet house pet, that's for sure. Okay, I think it's time to wrap this discussion up. Again, we're not saying that Facebook is evil and has all these bad intentions. We think that they came up with these policies for pretty much the right reasons. We just think this policy has side effects that are possibly more detrimental than the disease they're trying to cure. So what can you do about it? I don't know. Facebook seems to have a reputation for just doing whatever they want to do and nothing's gonna change their minds. But if you sort of feel the same way we do on this issue and you wanna do something, there are a couple petitions over on change.org. I'll throw those in the show notes. You can go take a look at them, see if there's something you agree with or not. And maybe I'll throw those links on Facebook too. But Amazon's going to give us a little bit of a commission. This really helps us pay some of the pod pod passing. Pod to pod pays pay to the pod. Pause pays the pod. <clears throat> Peas in a pod. But Amazon will give us a little bit of a pod. Com- pod, pod. <laughs> Stop it. But Amazon pod, will. Pod, pod. <laughs> I'm going to get up and leave. Sorry. Go ahead. You can see the new. You can. You can do new. You can do new. Can, new oh no! New Go can, ahead with yours. Shukanagan. Go ahead. So the kickback I got back. The kickback I got back. Jump back. <laughs> so the kickback. Paddywhack. <laughs> oh God. Do it. Just get it out. <laughs> Throw the dog a cracker jack. <laughs> That's gonna work great, man. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening. If you like the show, consider going to iTunes and giving us a really nice rating over there. Also, make sure you tell a friend and get them listening. And if you want to see the show notes for this episode, go to onlinechickenschool.com slash the number 71. That's all for today. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Online Chicken School Podcast. Look for us on the web at onlinechickenschool.com.